0: added resources such as Excel practice problems, PDF files, and more like QuickBooks backup files when applicable. So once again, click the link below for a free month membership to our website and all the content on it. Personal finance presentation. Financial institutions, non-deposit institutions. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. We are continuing on looking at our financial institutions breaking them out listing them out and giving a brief discussion of what they are what they do we're breaking out the financial institutions into four categories the last time we looked at the category of the deposit institutions this time we're going to look at the category of non-deposit institutions in future presentations we'll continue on with other financial service providers and non-bank financial service providers so we have the non-deposit institutions, which we're going to list out the institutions of life insurance companies, investment company, brokerage company, credit card company, finance company, and mortgage company. We're going to go into these institutions in a bit more detail, starting here with the life insurance company. Now, life insurance is fairly straightforward. We can go into in future presentations when you would want to use life insurance, how much would be appropriate, what are the types of life insurance, term life insurance, whole life, and so on and so forth. That can get quite complicated, but the general concept of the life insurance, fairly straightforward, so you have that safeguard for people who are dependent on you. So the typical life insurance companies that you may hear of, and we're not advertising any particular life insurance company, but things like Prudential, State Farm, uh, Transamerica, northwestern mutual are just some examples of life insurance companies so the idea of life insurance fairly straightforward can get somewhat complex in terms of how much do you need when should you apply for life insurance and what types of life insurance we'll talk about that in future presentations then we have investment company another type of institution an investment company is a corporation or trust engaged in the business of investing pooled capital into financial securities So you can think about this concept this idea is that you're going to be pulling the capital together putting money together and then getting that pooled money to be investing and you can see how that could be basically beneficial because now you have more money that can be invested you could do different things with regards to the diversification for it investment companies can be privately or publicly owned they engaged in the management sale and marketing of investment products to the public they make profits by buying and selling shares, property, bonds, cash, and other funds and assets. Then we have the brokerage company. When you're thinking about most individual investors and you're thinking about how they're going to be dealing with their normal type of investments with regards to stocks and bonds, which is usually going to be a crucial part of your investment strategy for retirement and other types of savings, you're dealing typically with some kind of brokerage uh, brokerage setup. So primarily acts as a middle uh, man to connect buyers and sellers to, facility, to facilitate a transaction. Brokerage companies typically receive one or two types of commission. They might get a flat fee or a percentage of the transaction amount. Brokerage companies come in several types, offering a range of products and services at a range of costs and fees. So when you're thinking about, in essence, investing into, say, stocks and bonds, for example, you might you know think about different brokerage arrangements and that's when you want to get into how much advice do you want versus how much less advice you want so we're going to go over a quick basic overview of different types of services that could be provided in this area note also that when you're investing into say stocks and bonds for retirement if you're working somewhere work- through your work you might have some type of retirement plan from them such as a 401k plan or a 403b and that might be they might help you basically to manage through whatever system that they have set up through uh, your work. If you're investing outside of say work, outside of a 401k plan from work and you have to have make your own type of investments, then generally you're gonna be needing to deal with in essence, some kind of brokerage to facilitate in essence, the transactions. And then we can get into the different types of securities that you would want to possibly be putting your money into so we'll talk more about that in future presentations in terms of what types of things that you would invest in, what kind of securities are going to be there. But in essence, the institutions you'd be dealing with which would be, be some kind of brokerage process which would be facilitating the transaction. So you could have then a full service a brokerage company provides a professional financial advisor who manages all investment decisions and provides ongoing advice and support. So if you have someone basically really helping you out and taking a a leading role in the advice and the processing of the investments, then that that of course will be more of a full service process and that typically will of course cost more as you have a lot more personal time and money invested into it. There's a lot of debate in terms of how much uh, it's worthwhile to have a full service brokerage or not. Obviously, if you talk to businesses that provide full service brokerage, they're gonna be somewhat biased in terms of how much you know that's necessary or not. So what you really want to do when you're thinking about your different coverages or what types of companies to be working with is to try to get a third party objective opinion as to what you need. So if you work with, say, another financial advisor, maybe it be your tax preparer, your CPA, or something like that, which you can pay a flat fee for just advice as opposed to then uh, going to someone who you're going to be paying a commission in the future. Whenever you're paying someone a commission and you're talking about the thing which you're thinking about buying that they're going to make commission on, it doesn't mean that they're lying there, but they're, they're biased, of course, because they're the ones that sell, you know, the thing that you're thinking about buying. So it would be nice then in those instances to look for a third party that has knowledge of this area, but pay them a flat fee where they're not incentivized to give you one advice one way or the other. And that could also be often be helpful to think about what what kind of institutions you want to be working with. So we have discount brokerages. Uh, they were once brick and mortar operations, but are now usually platforms that allow investors to make their own trading decisions for lower commissions. So obviously, you know you have more online platforms now. So you got kind of the middle ground in terms of brick and mortar and online platforms. And then they have what they call robo advisors, which are automated investment advisors relatively new form of digital financial advisor that offers investment management services carried out by algorithms with minimal human inter- intervention at a very low cost. So you have other types of providers that will basically be online type of providers. Now, now note it used to be that uh, just to facilitate the transactions to, to invest in say stocks and bonds was fairly substantial and, and people that had less than a certain amount of money had problems investing in the stock market because simply of the cost of of the stocks at the time. And if you had to buy individual stocks, it would be costly. And then you had to pay by trade by trade in order to facilitate the trades. Note that some of these kind of platforms these days make it a lot more effective to invest. And there's also things, the, one of the primary tools being say mutual funds, which are gonna allow you to basically uh, diversify your portfolio We'll talk more about these possibly in future presentations, but that was a huge advance in allowing people to basically uh, invest, normal people invest 401ks to, to have more access and lower the transactional costs that would be taking place. And then you also have within mutual funds, things that, like index funds, which instead of having someone manage the portfolio of the funds are, are simply gonna tie the, the funds to a set kind of index and averages, which which again, could lower the cost because you would think you don't have someone basically making the day-to-day decisions on where those pooled investments should go but you're just simply tying it to a set of averages and index which again can can basically lower the cost so we can talk about different kind of uh different type type of institutions that you can work with possibly with your investing things like stocks and bonds investing and there's a lot of discussion as to how much how much you know, how many different kind of uh, investments do you need in order to diversify? Is it possible to put your money into basically a a mixed portfolio uh, mutual fund and have basically one fund that can somewhat uh, cause you or allow the diversification needed? Do you how much of the individual people do you need to be involved? How much advice do you need How much do you need the investment advisor and these robo advisors are are kind of nice now too in that they can kind of pool your information together your online resources is becoming much better in terms of compiling your data and then seeing where you stand how much you have invested in certain brackets and then making basically your your own investment decisions they can even give you basically advice on what on what other people might do in a similar situation Uh, that's more and more customized even though it's kind of a robo advisor because it's a it's an algorithm that's giving you that advice so we'll talk more about that in the future but just remember when you're looking at your investments basic idea if do you have a 401k plan is it through your work is your investment going to go through the the through your work in a 401k or some other type of retirement plan are you doing investments outside of that plan and then if you are how much advice do you need and that advice, how much advice you want, will help you to determine what kind of platform that you want to do your investment, uh, your investments with. And then what kind of securities you, you're going to want to basically put your money into, which we'll talk more about in future presentations. So we have the finance companies. They engaged uh, in such specialized forms of financing as purchasing accounts receivable, extending credit to retailers and manufacturers, Uh, discounting installment contractors and granting loans with goods as security so if you if you need a loan and the bank is saying basically i need something as collateral on the loan then uh, you might, might have a finance company then we have the mortgage company a firm engaged in the business of originating or funding mortgages for residential or commercial property a mortgage company is often just the originator of a loan Uh, It markets itself to potential borrowers and seeks funding from one of several client financial institutions that provide the capital for the mortgage itself. So if you're purchasing a home and you're looking for the loan on the home, you may be dealing with a mortgage company. Note that when you're thinking in that terms, you probably start off with kind of the standardized uh, mortgage setup, which most likely you can take a look at starting point at your financial institution, your bank, your local bank that you are working with. And then you might look into more options than the mortgage companies can be applicable there where they can basically shop around for different uh, different uh, le- lending options. Noting, we'll talk more about this possibly in future presentations, what the different, different kind of variants of tools that they can basically use for lending are and the pros and cons of it. Meaning in essence, you got the classic basically 30 year uh, fixed type of loan where you got to put 10 to 20% down on the home and so on and so forth do and then you can change basically that that scenario to a 15 year loan or something like that or if you're, you're going to vary the amount of interest and have flexible interest pros and cons in the types of loans that could be offered and possibly offered by different institutions when you're looking at a standard type of 30-year loan with a standard down payment then you, you could be you probably start at your at your financial institution there and then if you're if you're looking to shop around with different, different loan options that could be available and different rates that could be available, the mortgage company may, may be useful there. The mortgage company then often asking, acting as somewhat of an intermediary working with you and then with other financial institutions, the other financial institutions being those that actually finance uh, the loan.